0: Welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins, and I've only been off the plane from Canada for about two hours. So it's wonderful to have your company. It's just so great to be with you. Hey, so sorry I missed last week's episode. I I did my best to try to get something up and running being on the road. But on that day, we were trying to fix flat tires. We had like a six or seven hour drive. It all became too difficult. And I had thought I had loaded something up for that week but actually hadn't so I'm sorry about that we'll try and make it up to you in the next couple of weeks. I was invited by the Canadian Company of Pilgrims to do a series of events across Ontario for two weeks beginning in the last week of October. What you'll hear this week is a talk I gave to the CCOP last Monday evening a gathering of chapter leaders from across Canada and it was such a blessing to tour the area Special thanks goes to Tom Friesen, who really organised the whole tour for us. And a very special thank you to his beautiful wife, Deb, for putting up with my son, Lewis and I, when we crashed at her home. Thanks to Tom's brothers, Bob and Doug, and their wives, Michelle and Ruth, for their hospitality. Bob and Michelle hosted a gig at their home at Grimsby Beach. Thanks to our new friend, Mary Lynn, in Kitchener, Waterloo. A very special warm Thank you to Paul Reynolds and everybody at the Ottawa chapter of the Camino Company for a fantastic few days up there. Thanks especially to David Duncan and Colleen O'Toole for hosting us in Hamilton and to Stephen Haller for inviting me to be part of the Hamilton Irish Arts Concert at the Corkdown Pub. It was a great night. Then we were off to Toronto to stay with old friends from Australia, Tony and Leslie and their daughters, Charlotte and Olivia, if you're listening. Thank you, team. A very special shout out to my dear friend Rocco Rossi for organising the concert at The Pilot on the Thursday night in Toronto. It was such a joy. If I've forgotten anyone, please forgive me, I'm running on about three hours sleep from Sunday morning. It took us, I don't know how many hours it took us to get home, but it took a long. So all up, it was just a magic few weeks meeting and speaking with the most wonderful people in the most wonderful country. And if you're interested in hosting a two hour concert in your neck of the woods, drop me a line. Here's my presentation from last week. We'll pick it up just after Tom has introduced me. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. I'm Dan Mullins, and I want to begin by thanking you for inviting me to be part of this wonderful event the Canadian Company of Pilgrims and a meeting of all the chapter leaders across the country. You've no idea, really, how special this is for someone like me. I'm a 56 year old father of three and grandfather of two from Sydney, Australia. I'm a musician, a writer, a media executive, and I suppose, like you, I'm a pilgrim. I host My Camino, the podcast, every Tuesday. We're approaching a million downloads. It's all a blur. Indeed, being here is a bit of a blur. To be speaking to you in Canada is quite simply a dream come true. When I was a boy, Canada was Montreal in the Olympic Games, and then two years later, the Commonwealth Games in Edmonton, 76 and 78. I kept scrapbooks at the time, and... Where and what is this mystical nation that gets to host all these international events? And then, I remember in 1978, my big brother Peter, who picked carrots for Mr. Diverti up the street. I thought that was the most exotic job in the world. Peter saved up his money and came home with a new LP. It was called Comes a Time. So, imagine my surprise when on side B, track five, I think, off the top of my head, Neil Young is singing, I think I'll go out to Alberta, where there's good there in the fall. Is Canada again. What is this place? It was so far removed from my life in Toowoomba in rural Queensland. I was playing cricket and serving as an altar boy and riding my push bike up and down the valleys of the Darling Downs. I was one of 11 children. We had nine boys. There was a neurotic beagle named Pugsley, <laughs> named after the boy in the Adams family. I watched Happy Days after school. It was about family. So was the Brady Bunch. Even if it was very confusing for a boy like me, that nine-way shot at the start, it's like the first Zoom meeting, wasn't it? (laughs) The way that Mike and Carol looked at each other, I sort of suspected there was much more than a hunch that made this group somehow form a family. (laughs) Even the Jetsons were a family, and the Flintstones meant we weren't the most dysfunctional family on the planet. And family was very important to me, and still is. My wife, Jen, and I live in Sydney's inner suburbs. We're about four kilometres from the Sydney Opera House. Our youngest son, Riley, is at home working on the number one radio show in Sydney, as his dad did for many years. My, his older brother, Lewis, is here downstairs. He's with me. He's studying for two degrees at Sydney University. My eldest son, Rory, is a chef in Brisbane. Jen is a senior designer at the number one magazine in Australia, the Women's Weekly. And I'm now, these days, executive producer of one of the leading news podcasts in Australia. I was, for almost 20 years, one of the producers of the top radio program in the country, the Alan Jones Breakfast Show on 2GB and stations around Australia. I presented a weekly segment on Alan's program called The Bush Telegraph. My job was to tell stories from rural areas to people in the city. And the stories were, as I'm sure you'd be aware, living in such a broad, vast land like Canada, the stories were incredible. I could talk to you here all day about the people I met, their lives, their battles with drought, floods, and bushfires. And I was lucky enough to meet Canadian firefighters on the firegrounds back in early 2020. It's actually one thing we share with you. You have wildfires, and we have bushfires. And some of your people were fighting fires alongside our crews. To come to us to help and to leave your family behind back home is the ultimate gift to you, from us as Australians to Canadians. Thank you. Now, can I tell you, it's heartwarming beyond words to see communities come together to help one another, to support one another, and to be a family of sorts. John Lennon sang about a brotherhood and sisterhood of man. I knew and know the value of brotherhood and sisterhood of all of us, and of siblings, the value of nurture and support, how important it is to be able to trust or place your trust in another, to believe someone is there for you, someone who will listen, someone to reach out to, someone to be there, to care, to share. Music was a huge part of our lives growing up. There were six boys in my bedroom, two sets of bunks and two single beds. My older brothers would play, take turns rather, to play an eight. My older brothers would take turns to play an album each night as we drifted off to sleep. It was part of our everyday ritual. That's where I first heard Four Strong Winds Neil Young, Bob Dylan, Cat Stevens, Van Morrison. For almost as long as I can remember, there were guitars in the corner of the room, a a banjo, a piano in the lounge room. And it's who I am. When I think about family, I sometimes visualise the strings of a guitar. Individually, the strings ring out an individual tune, sustaining a note, creating a presence of their own. When they're played as part of a chord, well, it's an entirely different sound. The chord is a complex mix of harmony and tune. The sound of each string complements the others. The ringing notes, side by side, are greater than their individual parts. Even plucked individually, they sound out melody. But the chord is true togetherness, harmony, and family. My brother Ben died in 2010, and I'll talk about his journey later. Another little brother, Leo, died in September 2019 from cancer. The three of us played music together. We were music. Music, to me, is much more than just part of me. It is my family. And I wanted to speak today about our place in the Camino family, the global family of pilgrims. My association with the Camino de Santiago began in 2008. My mother is a doctor of theology and kept a comprehensive library. And I was staying with her and noticed on the shelf Shirley MacLaine's book, The Camino, and I read it in a day. And I still don't know if it makes a lot of sense, to be honest. Then in 2010, I was back at mum's after my younger brother Benny died. And I was searching for something. Answers, I suppose. He died of a broken heart. He just slipped out of time with the rest of us. A supremely gifted musician being out of time, as it were, drove him insane and he never recovered. He was 42. So to pass the time, I ran my fingers over the spines of the books in mum's library and old titles winked at me. The power of now. I'm okay. You're okay. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. The power of positive thinking. And then I saw the Camino, and I read it again, in a day. And I decided then, I'd walk the Camino one day, in Benny's honour. Time flies as only time can. Children to raise a working life calls. Music in the form perhaps of your latest favourite record comes and goes. Time waits for no one. Well, in 2016, I was scheduled to attend the Olympic Games in Rio. The radio station I worked for at the time went through a particularly tumultuous period and budgets were scrapped, people were marched out the door, lives were ruined. I was very lucky to keep my job, but I wasn't going to Rio. The boss said, have three weeks off, spoil yourself. I said, I can't have three weeks off, there's no point taking time off, my children at school. My wife said to me over dinner, why don't you do that silly walk you've been talking about for years? And I kind of made every excuse that I could think of. But there was no excuse, really. Three days later, the ticket to Spain was on the kitchen bench, a gift from my family. There's that word again, family. Six weeks later, I arrived in Santiago de Compostela on my 50th birthday. I walked half the Camino Frances from Sahun, and it changed me forever. Now, I'll explain why. Walking the meseta, my mind was driving me insane. It's not good for me to have too much time to think. Not good at all. And I'll read from my journal at the time. I decided to challenge myself. If this was to be the cathartic journey of a lifetime, it needed to be cleansing. The bells of St Benedict's Convent in Sahun rang out six times. I was finally on the Camino preparing to head out on my first day on the ancient and spiritual trail. I chose St. Benedict's because my little brother, who had died a few years earlier, was Benedict. And the bell tower sits atop the 12th century cathedral where, the night before, the cloistered nuns had blessed us prior to sending us on our way. A few moments after walking out the door of the convent with a quiet prayer, I was on my own, walking alongside the road as the sun rose slowly in the distance. The lights of Sahun faded behind me, the sounds of the town eased, and the gravel crunched beneath my feet. There's nothing like the first few steps or the first few minutes on the Camino, you've arrived. And many of my guests on the Camino, the podcast, suggest your Camino begins the day you decide you are going to walk. It's that moment that you become a pilgrim. You're not only preparing yourself, you're walking more, buying equipment and doing your research, but you're also preparing your heart and soul for what's ahead. There will be much soul searching, much time and space. That message was at the forefront of my, of my mind as the meseta, the agricultural plateau forming the middle third of the Camino Frances, broadened around me. Peering into the distance, you can almost make out the curvature of the earth, so wide and vast is the horizon you walk toward. Two days later, having walked through the dusty vagueness of Relagos and the silent beauty of Mansilla de las Mulas, before arriving in Leon, it dawned on me. I was thinking too much about nonsense, worrying about work. Feeling guilty about leaving my family, d- despite the fact I had their blessing, they were delighted I was on the journey. I worried about money, which is ridiculous, and I worried about my future, as if I could do anything about my future. Arriving in Leon, I stumbled upon Restaurante Las Termas Calpaloma. The cafe looks directly across the town square onto the facade of the 13th century Gothic Cathedral de Leon, with its spires towering over the pilgrims and tourists craning their necks to take it all in below. A narrow cobblestone alley leads to the 10th century Basilica del San Isidoro, home of the tombs of kings and queens past. The modernist Spanish designer Antoni Gaudi has the Casa Botines, a small walk from the cathedral. It's just down the street. Leon is alive with history and culture. Albergue, Di Peregrinos, San Francisco de Assis welcomed me after an afternoon wandering the ancient streets. But I wanted more from that pilgrimage. And I prayed to St. Francis of Assisi himself, who walked these streets as he made his pilgrimage to Morocco in the early 13th century. And I prayed I would find answers. The next day I was between Leon and Saint Michael del Camino, I had an idea. Maybe I'd dedicate each day to five years of my life. I'd think of nothing but those five years. The mistakes I made, the people I hurt, people who hurt me, my loves, my lovers, my family. Where I worked and who I worked for. Who I hurt and how I hurt them. Who hurt me and what it meant to me. I thought of nothing else and spoke to no one until I had finished with those five years. Then I said a small prayer, sang a song honoring my wife and children, my parents and late brothers, and let it all go. All of it. And as the broad and golden sweep of Spain roared around me, I cried, I laughed, I was angry, I was sad, frustrated, embarrassed, humiliated, delighted, proud. But most of all, I was relieved. I was arriving in Santiago de Compostela on my 50th birthday. I wanted to arrive alive. I wanted to arrive free. And the meseta draws to a close in the days after Astoria. The plains make way for rolling hills, dense forests, sweeping views across the Galician landscape. After ten days, I was just outside Palastro, reaching the end of my journey of the mind. I said my priests, said my prayers, sang my songs and I waited. And there were three fence posts wired together to my right. Further up the path, two posts wired as one. And then the same distance up the path, there was one lone post. And I counted the post perfectly placed to restart my life. Just as I do every single day when I restart a broadcast in a radio studio or a podcast studio. Three, two, one. 50 years of me, 50 years of Dan Mullins floated away from me like I was pushing through a wave at the beach. I didn't want to look behind me. I was giddy. I was lighter, with the sun streaming through the trees in beams, and I had no doubt I had dealt with it all. No regrets, no enemies, no sadness, no sorrow, no anger. Well, it's easy to say, it's not easy to do. But what's the point of carrying it all around with you? It's there on the Camino now, all of it, among the emerging hills of the Galician Mountains, alongside the ancient and spiritual trail they call El Camino. I picked up some of those stories and emotions when I went back in 2017, particularly the grief following the death of Ben. I wanted to sift through some of that baggage. I wanted to sort through some of the papers. I longed for the memories, Ben in particular, Benedict. I wanted some of the closeness the grief provided, and I cried like a three-year-old. I wanted to let go, and let go I did. All of it. And then I went home. And when I reflect on that 2017 journey, it was a blessing. The Camino was calling me. My family said, go. You must go. So, in 2017, I walked from Lourdes to Santiago, a journey of a thousand kilometers. It was the journey of a lifetime. Let me tell you one of my favorite Camino stories, my Camino family. And there's a line in the song, La familiar, Growing, Walking Fields Afar. I'll sing it for you later. I walked alongside the Welsh pilgrim, Lee. We travelled together day after day, hour after hour, mile after mile, and he didn't really talk much. But I waited to listen. I, I knew he'd open up at some stage. I could tell he wanted to share, and he was waiting for the right person to care. So I asked him one day, walking to Santo Domingo, why are you walking the Camino, brother? I wrote in my journal in the garden of the municipal albergue that night, Lawrence Titus Oates was a British explorer. He became stranded in a blizzard in Antarctica in 1912, riven with frostbite and gangrene. Oates and his two colleagues, Robert Scott and Henry Bowers, knew that their days were numbered. Titus was the weakest of the three. He said, I'm just going outside and I may be some time. He walked out of the tent, the ultimate act of selflessness. Scott and Bauer's bodies were found later that year. Oates' body has never been found. Here I was walking with Lee between Najera and Santo Domingo de la Calzada. We had walked together from time to time over the course of the week before, and as I said, a Camino family was forming. I was particularly fond of Lee and his brother Gary. They were terrific blokes. So I said, ''Why are you walking the Camino de Santiago, brother?'' He said, ''Well, that's a good question.'' (laughs) He'd been working at a very stressful job in the UK and he hated it. He hated the grip it had on his life. He wanted out. But you can't just walk out on life. But he did. He took a pen and wrote on a piece of paper and stuck it to his computer. And that note said, I'm just going outside and I may be sometime. He never went back. Just a few weeks later, he was walking alongside me. Lee had had enough. He was still troubled by what he'd done, actually. It took enormous courage to do it. The unravelling of one's life takes some doing when you consider all the ravelling it took to get to where we are today. Lee was doing his best. His brother Gary was helping to carry some of the load. They are in the lyrics of my song somewhere along the way. Gary is the lion's heart. The heart of a lion ready to care and share. Lee is the opening heart. His heart and soul emerged as each day passed. He was warming. His smile was warming. He was opening, giving, laughing, sharing. He was enjoying himself and life. We talked that day, side by side, telling our stories. Lee had had, I suppose, a breakdown of sorts. His was not a life he wanted to live. An act of self-sacrifice? Or gallantry? I don't know. But we not only walked and talked, we also walked and thought. Just beyond the town of Siroena, we caught up to some other pilgrims and Lee and I held back a bit as we walked as our group together, our conversation linged Just outside Siroena, we happened upon a ghost town. Not a ghost town like you'd imagine in a Hollywood movie, but no, this was a town built alongside a golf course, Rioja Alta Golf Club, but no one bothered to turn up. The swimming pools were empty, the units were all boarded up, the car parks were empty, there was nobody There. But the golf course was still there and operating and the camino went right by the front of the clubhouse a sign said pilgrims welcome so we downed our backpacks and wandered inside and it was this clashing of two distinctly different worlds this lush carpet and wall to ceiling windows opening out onto manicured fairways and greens and here eight crusty grimy sweaty at times pathetic pilgrims (laughs) as we walked Into the courtyard from the street, I thanked Lee for telling me his story. My pleasure, man, he said. I needed it. Five beers and three wines cost 11 euros. (laughs) We stayed a while, and Lee and I raised a toast to new friends and new beginnings, and we welcomed him back into the tent. I mentioned earlier that I host a podcast about the Camino. If you're not familiar with podcasts, let me tell you to get familiar. If you love to grow roses, there are podcasts about roses. If you love baseball, there are a thousand podcasts about baseball. And I started my podcast when I returned from my Camino in 2016. I wanted to somehow remain connected to the ancient path. So each week I contact someone from somewhere around the world to talk to them. It's the perfect therapy for a lonely pilgrim pining to get back to the way. I can ask them whatever I want. And as you know, just last week was my 300th episode. It was the story of my latest Camino, walking from Franca del Biezo to Santiago, my wife and two youngest sons, and it was heaven. My Camino family was my actual family. Sometimes my podcast interview has nothing to do with the guests' Camino, but might have something to do with why they are pilgrims. I spoke to Moni Dejeje from Canada. She and her husband met on the Camino. They ended up walking all the way from Saint Jean-Pierre de Port to Jerusalem. Their lives continue to be about sharing their experiences, their love, their community, their family. And Moni wrote a book called Walking Alone, The Pilgrim's Guide to the Inner Journey. And I asked what she would whisper into the ear of her 12-year-old self. She said, everything's going to be okay. I spoke with Jennifer Wills from Toowoomba, my hometown her parents died within weeks of each other she was completely lost and disillusioned and jennifer's family was everything to her she was walking aimlessly through the streets of brisbane and found herself walking upstairs to a bookshop she'd never seen before never been there before didn't even know it was there aimlessly she reached out and her hand rested on a book it was a guide to the camino de santiago she and her daughter had been through hell together. Jen's daughter was struggling with life and mental health issues. Jen had thrown her a lifeline after lifeline, but her daughter was still choosing to not quite take up the the rope and and still t- trying desperately to tread water. So Jen took her daughter on the Camino. It wasn't easy. In fact, it was a disaster to begin with. And Jen was sitting on her bunk in an albergue, sobbing. This was a disaster. How could she be so crazy? Another pilgrim came and said, "Hey, I just heard something you might like to hear in the town square, and it was Jen's daughter laughing. Living, breathing miracle." When I spoke to Jen on the podcast, she said she couldn't and wouldn't dare to believe, but her dreams had come true. And when I asked her to describe the Camino, she said, "It's like you start in Saint-Jean with a ball of string in your stomach. You can feel it sitting there, and you attach it to the archway in Saint-Jean, and it slowly unravels by the time you reach Santiago. There's no ball of string. You're empty." The Camino provides. Jennifer sends me updates. She shares, she cares, our family, our Camino family. I interviewed Martin Jamison from Newfoundland, and we talked about him surviving a near-miss car accident on the Masetta. And he says, Not a day goes by when his consciousness is not sparked by a Camino thought or consideration. Yosmo Martinez is another guest. I spoke to Yosmar about food on the Camino, and we spoke about how her life has panned out in the wake of her walk. You could hear in her voice a freedom, a soul in genuflect, a heart, a chance to reflect. Tom Friesen, here, sitting opposite me at this table, has been a guest. And I loved it when Tom told me he sings Morning Is Broken when he volunteers as a hospitalero in Albergues. I'd much prefer Tom's awakening to repeated iPhone shrills. (laughs) Roxy Edwards is a pilgrim from Vancouver Island. In Canada, she decided to walk the Camino, but first she had to make some very difficult and challenging life decisions. Her husband has multiple sclerosis, and she was leaving him behind in a wheelchair. Hers was a journey of letting go, of not fearing change, of being brave and walking to discover yourself and others. She gained so much from what she learned on the Camino. She spent the summer of 29 traveling from one side of Canada to the other, camping each night in a tent under the stars. And she took her husband with her. Now, Vancouver Island, all the way other side of Canada, which I now understand is about as far as you can get apart in, in Canada. Roxy walked into a bar in Newfoundland and she was wearing her favourite Camino t-shirt. The barman said, hey, there's a guy who drinks here, lives just down the street, he's done that walk. So Roxy left her card. That local who drank at the beer at the bar was Martin Jemison. They reached out, connected, and I interviewed Roxy a few weeks later. Two of my guests meeting in the most unlikely of places. The Camino provides and the family grows. Tony Jakes is from the Blue Mountains just outside of Sydney. Now, he took part last year in what's called I'll Push You, the accessible Camino. You'd be aware of Patrick Gray and Justin Shisuck who walked in 2016. Justin suffers from a rare neurological disease and Patrick pushed him in a wheelchair the entire length of the Camino Francaise. The film they made is called I'll Push You. Justin had told Patrick about his dream one day to travel the Camino and Patrick replied, I'll push you. <laughs> the last few years, they lead this team of pilgrims who push, pull, guide and spirit a group of special needs pilgrims across the Camino and other pilgrims then from volunteer from all around the world to help out. To give your time to enable someone less fortunate than you to share the joy of the Camino is the ultimate gift, a collective gathering of souls working together, a family. I walked in 2016 and found myself outside Astorga one fine morning and as I rounded the corner I heard full-blown laughter and I'd stumbled on three Canadian pilgrims, Keith, Doug and Miles from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Keith was dying from cancer, Doug had just beaten cancer and Miles was buying the drinks. <laughs> Theirs was a collective Camino, they were having the time of their lives. We walked together for a few days, sharing stories, Australians and Canadians share a fellowship. There's something in our collective DNA, I think. And I lost them the day before we arrived in Santiago. I didn't find them before I flew home. I was desperate to find them, to reach out. I simply posted on Facebook, Hi, I've just finished the Camino de Santiago with three Canadian pilgrims, Doug, Keith and Miles. I found them in 36 hours. (laughs) We stay in touch regularly. Keith passed away last year, unfortunately. And I look forward to catching up with Doug and Miles. I will miss them on this trip, but perhaps we'll walk together again on the Camino. I can't wait to pick up where we left off. I've interviewed couples who have found love again. Couples who met on the Camino and now have children. I've interviewed pilgrims who dared to wish, dared to dream. They came home with such a glow, their friends and family stood around them, warming themselves. (laughs) This is family. I mentioned earlier my little brother Leo who died in late September 2019. He was a beautiful human being. I was with him the night he died. He told me not to worry. I thought it was the greatest blessing a brother could bestow on another. Don't worry. I'm doing my best to honour his wishes but it's a difficult course to navigate. Being here with you in Canada is putting wind in my sails. Just imagine for a moment if St. James were here this weekend. Imagine we asked him what he hoped we gained from walking in his footsteps. If the first person who had the courage to put their hands up to address St. James said, Family, he'd be delighted. Family. Family makes you cry. Makes you proud. Makes you want so much more. Makes you wish time would stand still. Makes you wish you could rewind and relive. Makes you wonder where time went. Camino family makes you think back to when you helped someone treat a blister. You shared a meal. You were offered a meal. Someone you didn't know gave you a hug when you were exhausted. You sang at the top of your lungs when you hadn't sung in years. When you prayed again after 25 years. When you walked into a church and it was hot outside, cool and dark inside, would you be welcome? But you just paused. You prayed again. You hoped again. The Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the family of your family, like mine, I'm sure. But maybe they're not the family of your future. But here you are in a majestic ancient cathedral looking at all the splendour and riches of the church. Is this what Jesus would have wanted? The son of a carpenter from Jerusalem, his fishermen friends, James, son of Zebedee, in whose steps we walk. Well, I suppose it's up to you, really, what you make of it, not for me to tell you. And one of the great things about the Camino is you're rarely asked, What do you do? Who cares if you're a banker, a doctor, a car park attendant, a busker? No one cares. You're you. We're all walking after all in the footsteps of a humble fisherman. We ought to remember in 2022 we are here in Canada, a million miles from the front room in Toowoomba where a little boy once had a crush on Jan Brady. (laughs) The world is ours. Family is about identifying with brothers and sisters alongside us. Those who walk in step or maybe walk past us who offer us Buen Camino. I've interviewed 300 people for my podcasts, and I've been asking my guests one word they'd use to sum up the Camino. Well, I say laughter. I think it's wonderful to walk past a group of pilgrims and hear laughter. Me and my Camino family laughed often and laughed hard. It was a delight to make one another laugh. Indeed, we were shushed a few times in albergues because we were laughing after lights out. It's wonderful to laugh, but other pilgrims have said these one word Answers, peace and freedom, uh, transformative, grounded, trust, community. What about love, creativity, connection, life, humble, inspired, or even liberated? Patty Pye, my friend from San Francisco, who now lives in Santiago, said sensual. She said her senses were alive on the Camino, and they are. You listen to the birdsong, the cowbells, the town and church bells, the crunching of the gravel beneath your feet. I don't listen to music when I walk because I want to be enveloped in the sound of my surroundings. Plenty of pilgrims want or need music in their heads to motivate them, to keep them moving. I'm a little different. I love the sound of France and Spain. I say France because I read Bill Bennett's book, The Way, My Way, and he spoke about the cuckoo birds in the trees as you leave Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port, and I was walking up the hill on the outskirts of town when I heard them. I was so happy. We have cuckoos in Australia, but they're pretty rare. These birds sounded just like something off a movie. It was magic. I was so pleased I had the opportunity. The other joy of walking and listening is the joy of conversation. As I said earlier, I would often ask people I walked with or beside, and there's a distinction there, why are you walking the Camino? Often they didn't know. Or they were walking to find out. Others wanted a holiday or perhaps reflection, some for redemption or for forgiveness. Or for the opportunity to discover a bit more about themselves. And it is a chance for discovery, Whether you like it or not, believe you can, you're halfway there. Katie Trulson in episode 43 talks about just being. And I saw a sign in a shop recently, a quote attributed to Buddha, The secret of health for both mind and body is not to mourn for the past, worry about the future, or anticipate troubles, but to live in the present moment wisely and earnestly. Pilgrims talk about meeting someone in a small village and that person changing their lives. They talk about what it means to open your heart, your soul. So, what exactly does that mean? Well, take your pilgrimage with you. Take it in your heart. Give it to your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your lover, yourself. Give patience. Give understanding. Give time. Give love. Give you. Your family will thank you forever. The Camino family will thank you forever. And if I'm someone in this Camino family, maybe I'm Jan Brady, forever looking up and down and diagonally to see my siblings and however they came into my life. I'm me. The sum of my parts. The notes in that chord. I'm not just someone sliding their hands across the strings. I'm a chord, fingers perfectly placed. Each note a ballast for the melody of the future. And you, like me, are pilgrims. We share and care for this life together as family. Let me tell you a story before I finish. The renowned bohemian novelist and short story writer Franz Kafka lived from 1883 to 1924. He never married, had no children. He was walking through Steglitz Park in Berlin. He found a young girl crying her eyes out because she'd lost her favourite doll. She and Kafka looked all around for the doll, but they couldn't find it. No success. Kafka said, meet me here tomorrow. The next day they would look again together. When they met the following day, they searched again. There was still no sign of the doll. Kafka reached into his pocket and gave the girl a letter written by the doll. It said, please do not cry. I have gone on a trip to see the world. I'm going to write to you about my adventures. Thus began a story that continued to the end of Kafka's life. When they would meet, Kafka would read aloud his carefully composed letters of adventures and conversations about the beloved doll. The girl, of course, found it enchanting. Finally, Kafka read her a letter of the story that brought the doll back to Berlin, and he then gave her a doll he had bought. The girl said, this doesn't look like my doll at all. Kafka handed her another letter. It simply read, My trips, they have changed me. The little girl hugged the new doll and took it home with her. A short time later, Kafka died. Many years later, the now grown-up girl found a letter tucked into an unnoticed crevice in the doll. The tiny little letter signed by Kafka said, Everything you love is very likely to be lost. But in the end, love will return in a different way. There are so many songs to sing, so many melodies to discover. Embrace the future. Enjoy your place in the global Camino family. Reach out. Share and care. Get lost. Be found like a small doll. My trips, they have changed me. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of your celebration of spirit and I hope you find what you're looking for somewhere along the way. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way somewhere